0: And that saying is, what happens in vagueness stays in vagueness. Hi, I'm Nils Vigna, and you're listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast, a show dedicated to demystifying leadership development one conversation at a time. Each week, I sit down with leaders in the B2B space to discuss their journey and what they've learned along the way. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. And the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to B2BLeadersAcademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be. Steve Jobs famously said, I hire smart people and then get out of their way. But I don't think that's enough for most B2B leaders. I'm Nils Vinya, and I help managers and directors inside of B2B companies build more productive teams. I see a lot of B2B leaders follow this advice. In fact, I talked with a client recently and this was the exact issue they had. They hired very talented people who were very good at their job gave them what they needed to do, and then got out of their way. But what ended up happening was that projects were not completed on time or at all in some cases, and there was a tremendous amount of confusion across the team because everyone seemed to be going in a different direction. Now, if you follow the advice of Steve Jobs and you're like my client, this may not be working for you, and the reason is because you're making too many assumptions You're not driving enough accountability. You're setting people up for failure rather than success. And you're not measuring or communicating the right things. In this episode, I really want to uncover my experience working with hundreds of B2B leaders and share what's actually working really well right now in terms of building a more productive team. So I've distilled everything down into these five steps to a more productive team. Step number one. You need to set expectations. The number one mistake I've seen made over and over again by B2B managers and directors when it comes to setting expectations is that they are vague. And this has happened so often that I created a saying about this. And that saying is, what happens in vagueness stays in vagueness. When your expectations are vague, both you and the other party will have different expectations. And when it's deliverable time, I can almost guarantee that you will be disappointed and your employee will be frustrated. And this all comes back to the fact that your expectations were not clear and each of you had a different idea of what you thought was required. One time, many years ago, I set an expectation with one of my team members about a presentation that I needed him to create. this presentation was about the state of several key accounts and our strategy for renewing and expanding the accounts. The end result was going to be something that he and I presented to a group of executives, including the CEO. This was a big opportunity for visibility for him in front of this executive audience. And this was also a big opportunity for me to reinforce the great work that we were doing with these key accounts we discussed the topics for the presentation and what I thought were the specifics along with a timeline. But sure enough, when we sat down to review the deck the day before the presentation, it was nothing like what I had expected. While it contained some of the things we discussed, it wasn't in a state that was ready to share with the executive team. In that moment, my stomach clenched, And I struggled to give feedback in an appropriate way because I was so frustrated. And all the ways this had the potential to go wrong started running through my head. I couldn't concentrate. While this individual was doing the best that he could with the situation he was in, he wasn't able to meet my unspoken expectations. And knowing that moving the meeting was not an option and knowing that we had less than 24 hours... I redid the entire presentation. The worst part was that I couldn't start on the redo until about 8 p.m. that night after I had gotten through the rest of my day, which was filled with meetings and having dinner with my family. From 8 p.m. until almost midnight, I worked on that presentation non-stop. I sacrificed my time. I sacrificed my sleep my sanity to get it done. I was even angry while I was working because I didn't want to be doing it at this late of an hour. And what it made me realize was that had I taken the time to set very clear expectations and get my team members agreement on exactly what was expected, I could have avoided all of this extra work. I also could have gone to bed at a reasonable hour so that I'd be fully rested for the presentation to the executives. In the end, this was my failure as a leader in not setting clear expectations and I took full responsibility. And this brings us to step number two, you need to drive accountability. If your expectations are vague, there is no possible way that you can drive accountability. And if you've ever tried to hold someone else accountable to a vague expectation, you know how frustrating it is. And you think to yourself, we're all adults here and they committed to what needed to get done. So shouldn't they just do it? Well, you also don't want to be perceived as a micromanager. So you give them space. Unfortunately, this is the absolute wrong thing to do. You don't need to be a micromanager but you do need to drive accountability to ensure that what was agreed to will be delivered on time according to the expectation that was set and agreed to. And if you're still not sure about how important of a role accountability will play for you as a leader, remember this. The people who have reached the highest level in sports, community, politics, and virtually any industry all have coaches that drive a massive amount of accountability for them. They know that it is human nature to get distracted, to lose your way, to forget what you committed to and struggle to balance the urgent with the important. These icons like Oprah Winfrey, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, Hillary Clinton, Tiger Woods, and all employ coaches in part to hold them accountable. Think of it this way. If personal accountability was easy, everyone would do everything they said they were going to do and nobody would ever miss a deadline. But you and I know that's not the case, which is why you need to drive accountability with your team to help them be more productive. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. The B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. Head on over to B2BLeadersAcademy.com to join and become the leader you've always wanted to be. Now let's get back to the interview. Now, if you've set expectations and are driving accountability, then we move on to step number three. You need to coach your team. Contrary to what you might think, a coach is not someone who knows all the answers and tells his or her team exactly what to do. This is a common misconception about coaching as a result of some famous sports coaches who yell at their team members and are the center point of the group. In fact, one of the most successful basketball coaches of all time is Phil Jackson, who won 11 NBA championship titles with the Chicago Bulls and the Los Angeles Lakers. What made Phil so unique and successful was the way he brought his team together and facilitated each player getting to the answers that they needed. He didn't simply tell them what to do. Sometimes, even in the most crucial moments of the game, he turned the huddle over to the team and empowered them to make the decision on which play to run to ultimately win the game. As your team progresses with their projects, and work, they're gonna run into challenges where they don't know how to do something or don't know the right approach to take. As a coach, if you tell them the answer, you will be doing yourself and the other person a tremendous disservice. Instead, you need to coach them like Phil Jackson does and help them discover the answer for themselves. When they discover the answer, they're going to be 80% more likely to follow through with the solution they came up with. I've been a leadership coach for over 10 years, and I can tell you without a doubt that the coaching tools I use are some of the most valuable leadership tools I've ever had. These are coaching tools like how to listen at level two, how to ask powerful questions, how to make a strategic recommendation, how to help someone work through a problem where they're stuck, how to empower your team members to discover answers for themselves. And if you don't know how to do things like I just mentioned, or aren't sure of the steps to follow, I cover the five steps to coaching success inside of the B2B Leaders Academy. Next up is step number four. You have to measure your team. Peter Drucker, the founder of Modern Management, famously said, What gets measured gets managed. And while this statement is as true today as when it was quoted, there is a lot of confusion around measurement. And the most common mistake that I see is managers and directors focusing on the wrong metrics in the wrong way. What I mean is that it is really easy to point out the high-level metrics and say we have a problem and that the team needs to fix it. It's kind of like when a sales leader says to his or her team, sales are down this month, go fix it. Or a customer success leader says to his or her team, customer churn is high this quarter, go fix it. You've probably heard some variation of this from at least one of your managers at some point in your career. I know I certainly have. And when this kind of message came down, it was actually demotivating for me because I had no idea how to fix the thing that my boss said needed to be fixed. And it was clear that my boss didn't know how either, which is why the vague directive of go fix it came to us, the members of the team. So while it's easy to point out the high level metric that is tied to a problem, it is far more difficult and important to break that metric down into something that is actionable that can be measured every day or every week. When leaders do this, they're able to connect the dots for their employees so they understand how their work directly impacts what is most important to the team, the department, and the company. When this connection is made and everyone knows the value of their work, the team will be more productive. And finally, we have step number five. You need to communicate the value of your team. Communication is a broad term. And what I'm talking about in the context of a more productive team is communication about the incredible work that you and your team is doing outside of your team. And this is a big part of your job as a leader. And if you are not effectively communicating your and your team's value beyond your team, You're missing a huge opportunity for recognition and awareness of what it is that you do. So let me ask you this for a moment. Think about another team in your organization, and it can be any team. Now, think about what you would say if I asked you to tell me what that team does and what value they have driven over the last two quarters. If you can't clearly articulate the value another team has delivered over the last two quarters, the leader of that team is not doing an effective job of communicating either at all or in a way that everyone can understand. Now think about if I asked one of your peer leaders about the value that you and your team have delivered over the last two quarters. What do you think they would say? Here's the thing. Simply doing the work as a leader or as a team is not enough. You must communicate your value and your team's value beyond your team. If you don't do this, doubts and concerns will begin to creep into the mind of other leaders about you and your team. For example, I was hired to do an assessment of an organization a few years ago by a chief revenue officer. Now, this CRO had an individual that reported to them who they, quote unquote, told me had no idea what they were doing. My job was to find out if the individual in fact knew what they were doing and to provide direction on what to do. So I conducted my interviews I did my research and I came to the conclusion that the individual did, in fact, know what they were doing and was doing quite well with their team. The only problem was that no one outside of the team had any idea what they were doing, including the CRO, who was their direct boss. Nearly every leader I interviewed said, quote, I have no idea what it is that they do all day. And that was a serious problem. It turned out that the individual and the CRO actually had a weekly one-on-one meeting, but the problem was the communication of what the team and the leader were doing was not done in a way that could be understood. In the end, a significant amount of time was lost in addition to reputation for the leader and the team, had the leader effectively communicated with the CRO and other leaders what they were doing I never would have been called to do an assessment. So when you communicate your value, everyone knows who you are, what you do, and the value that you and your team provide. This way, you get to tell the story of you and your team instead of someone else making assumptions about you and your team. And there is more visibility into the capabilities, and as a result, there will be more opportunities for you and your team. But if no one knows what it is that you do, they won't know what opportunities might be appropriate for you and your team. And a team that knows their value is communicated to the rest of the organization in an effective way will be a more productive team. So these are the five steps to a more productive team that you as a B2B leader can follow so that your team becomes more productive. Step number one, you need to set expectations. Step number two, you need to drive accountability. Step number three, you need to coach your team. Step number four, you need to measure your team. And step number five, you need to communicate the value of your team. Being a great leader simply means that you have a toolbox full of leadership tools that you can pull out and use in any situation. And there are a set of tools behind each one of the five steps that I covered that are broken down step by step so that you can put them into action and get immediate results. These tools and the leadership coaching to support you becoming the leader you have always wanted to be is part of the Be2Be Leaders Academy. If you'd like to learn more and join us, simply go to the letter B, the number two, the letter B, leadersacademy.com. That's B2B leadersacademy.com. Until next time, take care and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd welcome you to subscribe and give the show a five-star review. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at b2bleadershippodcast.com. As always, I'm Nils Vinya, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Take care and have a great rest of your day. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous, and the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be.